Good morning, everybody. Pastor Trevor here. So excited to be able to, to bring God's word this morning um, to continue this new normal for us here at Trinity as we bring God's word and connect with you every single day um, in this time when we're not really allowed to be together or it's discouraged strongly. So what a neat thing it is for us to be together like this. So I hope that you have found a comfortable spot. I hope you enjoyed the worship music. Um, And this is going to be a time of, gosh, reflection and uh, some challenge. So for this Easter season, we're focusing on John 4, 16, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father uh, but by me. Last week, Pastor Ryan introduced this mini-series called I Am by preaching on how Jesus said he is the way. And it's my privilege this morning to spend a few minutes talking about how Jesus is also the truth and what the scriptures say about that. And it's important to remember that our source uh, for all of this, for understanding who God is, what he wants for our life, um, isn't found in the opinions of man. It's found in God's holy word. So if you've got your Bible, I would encourage you to, to open it up to Um, the book of John. We're going to be in there a lot today. If you haven't got your Bible with you, go ahead and pause this video and go grab it. So we live in a world that balances precariously between absolute truth and opinion. Our balance is precarious because simple words like truth um, and fact, uh, opinion, theory, all of these things have lost the weight of absolute definition. Perhaps you've heard someone use the phrase, my truth, I need to speak my truth, or you need to speak your truth. Let me give you an example. Do you have a hard time speaking your truth? Stay tuned, because I've got three tips just for you. What's going on, my friends? Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is Victor. Today, I'm going to talk about how you can speak your truth with confidence. You've been ready for this your entire life. What I'm going to talk to you about today is something that you may or may not know about, something that you might have thought about, and I ask you right now, what is your truth? What the truth? You can't handle the truth. These videos are just a tiny sampling of this kind of thing. This idea of my truth versus your truth has become incredibly popular lately. Not that it's anything new. And in spite of its innocuous appearance on the outside, it's actually extremely dangerous. We see this played out in the argument about abortion. Right? Is it murder or is it not? Does life begin at conception or does life begin when the fetus leaves the body? Which is true. Well, as we know, that depends entirely on who you ask. We also just recently saw this played out in the impeachment trial of our president. Adam Schiff and his team would get up and say something like, everyone knows that these are absolute facts, uh, undisputed facts. Everything is true. And the president's defense team would get up and say, actually, none of those things are true, and we dispute everything that you just said. And if you've been on any kind of social media in the last uh, number of months, well, number of years, really, you'll see that this back and forth is played out across the whole nation, well, really, the entire earth. The issue really is that our world has created for itself a wide area of gray 
between the black and white of absolute falsehood and absolute truth. Remember when the theory of evolution wasn't just accepted as scientific fact? When they got rid of that little pesky word theory so as not to inject any skepticism into the mind of the hearers, evolution was now treated as factual, scientific. Uh, it's a widely accepted truth that combats the silliness of God. But you know the church isn't immune to this either. From watered-down sermons that forego any mention of sin so as not to offend anybody, to theology that either adds all sorts of practices and rituals to our faith or removes Christ's divinity altogether, the church, capital C, has secured its own foothold into that wide gray area. You know, Stephen Chris Chapman sings a song called Blind Lead the Blind that I really think sums up both sides of this. Here's the lyrics. There's a teacher in a schoolroom somewhere on the edge of town telling innocent little children what we used to be. They look and listen without a question. They see the pictures passed around, making facts out of a theory, and they all believe. And he goes on to say there's a preacher in a nice church anchored in the heart of town. People flock to hear his eloquent delivery. He talks of Jesus, how he can please us, but the cross cannot be found, making theory out of facts until they're all deceived, and the lost lead the way, and more hearts are led astray. Hmm, it's powerful, isn't it? So, in light of this growing problem, what should our response be as Christians? We need to ask the question, what is truth? to be able to live that out and really understand what's going on. And we would not be alone in asking that question. In fact, that exact question was posed to Jesus by Pontius Pilate in John 18, 38. And that's where we're gonna, we're gonna delve into today. So let me, let me paint this picture for you. So all of this, what's about to happen is happening during Passion Week. So it's the weeks leading up to Easter. And right before Jesus went to the cross and ultimately rose again. And that's what we celebrate as Easter. Jesus had been arrested. He'd already been questioned by the high priests. And then they bring him to the governor's house, to Pilate's house, to see if they can't convince Pilate that Jesus should be killed. Because, you know, they can't do it themselves. Now, it's early in the morning, the Bible says. And this pack of Jewish religious leaders comes knocking at Pilate's door, dragging Jesus behind them. Can you imagine what Pilate must have been thinking? It's early, right? Perhaps they even woke him up, and they're bringing their problems to his doorstep. But they wouldn't, ironically, even go inside because of their strict regulations for Passover. So Pilate had to stop whatever he was doing or even get out of bed and meet them on the steps of his house. They then have this... <clears throat> crazy interaction where the truth is just kind of skirted around it. And maybe this sounds familiar to you. So Pilate asks what Jesus was accused of. Well, what has he done? And their answer to him is this. Well, if, if he hadn't done anything wrong, we wouldn't be bringing him to you, would we? It's not a direct answer, right? Well, Pilate then says, well, if he's such a bad guy, take care of him yourself. And their response is, well, we can't put anyone to death, so 
Well, Pilate realizes now that, I guess, this is his problem. So he goes back inside, and we're going to pick this up in John 18, 33 through 38. And it starts here. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? So we start to sense Pilate's annoyance here. He couldn't get a straight answer from the religious leaders, so he's having to ask the criminal what his crime was. Pick it back up in 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world. Here's the purpose, you ready? To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? Even back then, the truth seemed subjective. That question, what is truth, is so telling when we think about our world today. A world where very little is considered absolutely true. Facts are subjective and majority rules when it comes to acceptance. But Jesus represents something that really bucks the current system in that he represents absolute truth. He says that he is the truth. Not a truth, not his truth, or your truth, or a possible truth. He says that he is the truth. In 1 John 5.20 it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, and his Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Remember when Jesus is talking to Pilate, he says, I've come to the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. He's not leaving a lot of room for interpretation here. When someone bears witness to something, they themselves are representing the concept of a thing. Something interesting I found, Webster's Dictionary actually has two definitions of this. Bear witness. It's an interesting term. The first definition, they say, is to make a statement saying that they saw or know something. Think of the phrase to bear false witness. It means when someone lies, right? Well, here we're dealing with the opposite of that. With that definition, Jesus is saying that he knows what the truth is. Makes sense, right? But the second definition is to show that something exists or is true. So we've got a little show and tell here going on. Not only does Jesus know what the truth is, and he's going to say it as he's been, but also he's going to show it through his life because he is the truth. And this brings us back to our main verse today. But let's, let's read a little bit before that just to give some context. Is why was Jesus saying, I am the way and the truth and the life? So let's go back to... John 13, 33. And this is uh, a bit of the context about how we got to where we are. Jesus says this. 
Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Of course, the disciples were put into a bit of a panic with that. Peter questions Jesus, well, where are you going, and how do I come with you, and what's going on? There's more questions to follow, but it's obvious that the disciples were a little taken aback by this statement. You can almost feel their stress and concern coming up through the pages of Scripture. They're feeling perhaps like like their teacher, their rabbi, Jesus, might be slipping through their fingers. And that brings us to John 14, where Jesus tries to speak some comfort to his friends. And he says this, John 14, 1 says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Oh, big sigh of relief, right? I'm sure this did a lot to calm the nerves and slow the breathing of those disciples. But then uh, Jesus keeps talking, and he says something that raises more questions than it answers. He says in verse 4, And you know the way to where I am going. Can you imagine the looks of confusion on their faces when he said that? And Thomas, basically speaking for the crowd, says, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus says in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This now is a statement. It's a very powerful statement. So much of the New Testament is full of instruction and correction, things that we can and should work on in our lives to bring us closer to God. However, this response from Jesus to Thomas's question on how can we know the way is a little bit different. See, Thomas, he was a hands-on kind of guy, literally. When Jesus was in his resurrected form, Thomas needed to feel the holes in his hands to be sure it was Jesus. And here again, Thomas is asking for specifics. However, instead of a step-by-step guide for Thomas, Jesus tells him that He is the way and the truth and the life. Now, Jesus went on to say much more, and the disciples asked more questions, of course. But let's let's sit with that statement for a moment. I don't know about you, but as a a Christian, I'm a doer. Often my walk with Christ um, involves lists of things that I need to confess and fix. Confess and fix. I'm always working on something. And that's not bad. But this response from Jesus makes me realize how little I just sit and contemplate who God is and what he's done, what he's capable of doing. We all, like Thomas, are asking constantly for specific instructions when so often Jesus just needs us to sit and remember who he is. And who is he exactly? Well, he's the truth. Scripture attests to this over and over. If we go to John 1.14, turn there in your, 
in your Bibles with me to John chapter 1, verse 14. It says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of what? Full of grace and truth. Goes on to say just a little bit further down in verse 17, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Even the complete Trinity speaks of this. Turn with me to John 15. John chapter 15, verse 26. And we're looking at this and we're talking about the Holy Spirit in this case. And Jesus is saying this and he says, When the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And again in chapter 16, verse 13, he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Truth, truth, truth. Yes, with Jesus, absolutely, also with Holy Spirit. This, as the Trinity, truth is paramount because there is a truth and then there's everything else. You know, I'm a songwriter and this whole issue of truth has been on my mind for a long time, actually, and I wanted to write a song about how in this world where truth often depends on an individual's opinion, that there is an absolute truth, and that's found in Jesus Christ. Pastor Ryan actually thought that it would be a neat idea for me to incorporate that song into my sermon today. So take a listen, and I'll be back to talk about what our response should be to this world of no absolutes. In a world where it seems there are no absolutes, you are true, you are true. On the days when lost in my earthly pursuits, you are true, you are true.
asks the question, what is truth? We have the answer. We've been called to tell them. Now, the idea of absolute truth isn't popular today. Because if what I say is true, and you disagree with me, well, you're wrong. Yikes. That's not the message people want to hear nowadays. And so the truth gets watered down to an opinion. Let's say it plainly. Jesus gets robbed of his divinity and demoted 
to a really nice guy and one heck of a small group leader. And here's what some majorly famous pastors say when asked by interviewers if Jesus is the way to heaven. In one interview, one says this in reference to our John 14, 6 verse. When the interviewer asks if only Christians can be in a relationship with God, his response is, no, I believe that when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, the way I read that, notice his opinion is injected into this, the way I read that, Jesus said that he's the road marker, a map. And whether people accept or reject him, God is still gracious and still moving. Notice that he left out the second part of the verse when Jesus says the only way to the Father is through him. He's not just a road marker. I don't know about you, but when he says even if people reject him or accept him, God is still gracious and moving. That's not really what my Bible says. Jesus said he he is the way and the truth. So it's a bit of a back and forth, isn't it? Here's another pastor having an interview One of the biggest congregations in the country. Let's see if he handles this idea any better. The interviewer says, because we've had ministers who said you either believe in Christ or you don't. If you believe in Christ, you're going to heaven. And if you don't, no matter what you've done in your life, you ain't. And the pastor's response to that very simple question was, yeah, I don't know. The interviewer pushed him a little further and said, what if you're Jewish? Or Muslim, and you don't accept Christ at all. The pastor's response was, you know, I'm very careful about saying who would and who wouldn't go to heaven. I don't know. The interviewer finally then says, if you believe that you have to believe in Christ, they're wrong, aren't they? And the pastor's response was, well, I don't know if I believe they're wrong. I believe here's what the Bible teaches from the Christian faith. That's what I believe. But I just think that only God can judge a person's heart. I spent a lot of time in India with my father. And I don't know all about their religion, but I know they love God. And I don't know. I've seen their sincerity. So, I don't know. Wow. Seems like these men are terrified to stand on the unshakable, unchangeable truth of God's word and who Jesus is because the world might not accept them if they present an absolute truth. So what about us? What do we do in response to our understanding that Jesus is the truth, the one and only truth? We are called to live our lives in such a way that other people wonder, about what makes us so different. It says it in 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. What would our world look like, especially in a tumultuous time such as this, If we believers in the truth of Jesus live that out by being peacemakers, seeking not to add noise to the quarrelsome spirit of the world, but with gentleness and respect brought truth to the table. What would it look like if we were the ones to 
to be calm in the storm because we know who controls it. If we, knowing that Jesus is the truth, maybe rejected our sinful nature, let the Spirit guide us in that truth, living out the fruit of the Spirit, being patient and joyful and peaceful and having self-control and having faith. As we quickly approach Good Friday and Easter, let's keep our minds focused on Jesus and his words when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Our world is full of things and people that can distract us, and they are not always open to hearing the truth. But we have a high calling, a high calling to make disciples of all nations and teach them to observe all the things that Jesus has taught us. Much like a student walking into a test with complete confidence because he's studied up and he knows all the answers, we too should walk with the confidence of people who know the truth. But this light isn't for us to keep under a bushel, is it? No. We are to proudly proclaim the name of Jesus Christ as the one and only, undiluted, undefeated truth. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word as always. And thank you that we have the answer. We know that you are the way and the truth and the life. And we know that there is one way to heaven and it's through you. Father, Convict our hearts and help us to stand on the rock of absolute truth. Not to be shaken by the world and their needs and wants for us to be just like them. But Lord, help us to be different. Help us with gentleness and respect to boldly proclaim the truth to everyone that we know. Because, Lord, it's not just about truth or not truth. It's not just about who's right and who's wrong. Lord, we know that this is an eternal conversation. We know that there are hearts and souls and lives on the line. And we need your courage and your strength to speak the truth to them. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious, powerful, and truthful name. Amen.